know clearly what you're about to do and why you're going to do it. Turn this up in your mind until it becomes a strong determination. Should there be a clear understanding of your intentions, but also feel the passion, the emotion that is involved with this intention. And let that spread throughout your being. Let it be absorbed even in your body. for any sign, any hint of tranquility while you are holding on strongly to your determination. for this tranquility systematically from the legs to the top of your head. First just let your awareness hover over the legs, holding strongly to your intentions and let the intelligence of the body advise you as to how best to position the legs so the sense of tranquility can be enhanced be stabilized and make the necessary adjustments physically, energetically and also in terms of attitude, paying attention to the sense of tranquility, making sure the adjustments are really indeed enhancing the sense of tranquility. And by now, you may experience the tranquility simply as a sense of ease, a pleasant physical sensation. Then move your attention now to the arms and hands, and just let your awareness hover over the arms and hands, holding strongly to your determination being mindful of the sense of ease and let the intelligence of the body advise you as to how best to position the arms, the elbows, shoulders.
and stay there until there's a palpable sense of ease, a palpable sense of tranquility experienced in the perception of the arms and hands, shoulders. And allow the awareness of the sense of the body that is more akin to light, luminosity. Let that continue to dawn in the mind without going after it and without pushing anything away. And bring the attention to the torso still holding on strongly to your determination, hovering your awareness over the torso, paying attention to whatever insight as to how best to position the torso so it can be as conducive as possible for meditation. Observing a palpable sense of ease in relationship to the torso. Move your attention now to the head and neck. And center the head and neck in such a way that it further enhances the sense of ease. And any of the qualities, distant relatives of the elements that are present to indicate that one is absorbed in a meditative state. Any of those distant elements, be aware of them once they come to the surface of your awareness. Whatever degree of sense of clarity, whatever degree of sense of one-pointedness, Having made the necessary adjustments, still mindful of the sense of ease, now bring your attention to the mouth, teeth, tongue, and let them simply rest in their natural states. And that same sense of ease is perceived and it is continuing to be further enhanced. Then bring the attention to the eyes. And let your intuition guide you as to how best to place the eyes, whether to open them, close them, or have them half opened. The one that stabilizes or enhances further the sense of ease 
That's the one that you should adopt. Allow that sense of the body that is not subject to gravity. Allow that sense of the body to continue to surface, to come to the field of your awareness without pushing anything away, without pulling anything towards you. general sense of the body as presently appearing to your awareness and compare that to how you first were aware of the body in a general sense as soon as you began. Notice the, dis the distinctions, the level of sense of ease, the level of the sense of serenity. Gently bring your attention to the breath. Your intention is to simply know you are breathing in as you are breathing in. To know you are breathing out as you are breathing out. No need to chase away distractions. No need to force the mind to focus. No need to control the breath. And while continuing to observe the breath in this way, have a part of your mind sort of scan the posture and where there are points of discomfort bring your attention to those points and let the sense of ease infuse those places while maintaining your awareness on the breath
feeling a general sense of ease in the body, a general sense of there isn't much you can do now, presently, consciously, to further put the body at ease. So you bring your attention now back to just the breath. And adding the intention to keep the flow of your awareness on the breath unbroken. And this does not mean that you are not perceiving anything else. Just that among all the things present in the mind, you continually are aware of the breath. The beginning of the out-breath, the duration of the out-breath, the end of the out-breath, the beginning of the in-breath, the duration of the in-breath, the end of the in-breath. Back to out-breath again. Keep strengthening your resolve, keep strengthening your intentions, your determination. What are you doing? Why are you doing it? watching the breath, observing the breath for about 11 cycles.
aware of the sense of ease that you are now experiencing. Be aware of all the presence, presence of all the elements of the state of meditation itself, the level of tranquility, the level of clarity of the mind. the level of one-pointedness, Bring your attention now to the space in front of you at the level of your eyebrows. Again, recall your determination. means through which you would achieve your goal. Make a conscious effort to connect with that infallible means. And let it appear in front of you in that space at the level of your eyebrows in a luminous presence. Find within you that measure of conviction that indeed the infallible means to achieve your aim is present in that space in front of you. And holding on to that measure of conviction, express your reverence. Express your gratitude. And let that awaken within you a sense of conviction. You are indeed going to succeed. You are because you are in direct connection, direct contact with the means, infallible means through which you will achieve your aim.
trust yourself in the guidance and protection being offered to you by your infallible guide. a proper assessment of obstacles and where they come from, make a strong determination <coughs> not to engage in continuing to collect the causes of these obstacles and entrust yourself in your infallible guide for protection, for strength for guidance. Make an equally strong determination not only to not engage in the causes that create the obstacles, but also to engage in the causes that will bring about the result you seek.
again find your resolve, the passion of your determination. Let this passion be infused with compassion. Think of those who are in similar situations, the same kind of difficulties, the same aspirations. Let your heart develop sympathy for them. Let the sympathy evolve to compassion, to love, and feel a palpable compassion, a palpable love, and let that infuse your determination. feeling the energy of this determination, making you feeling almost anxious to do something, you want to get up and go do something, and direct that energy, that enthusiasm towards the success of your meditation through dedication. Bring your attention back to the breath. Be aware of the breath. The physical breath, the breath that has warmth and coolness. And through that, allow it to let you become aware of the body, the body of flesh, blood, subject to gravity.
stretch your legs if you want to, so you can be more comfortable. Continuing with uh, a new three principles towards enlightenment, and we're still with the first principle. Uh, and the first principle, and you can call them practical principles for reaching enlightenment. Okay, if you want to reach enlightenment, the first principle you have to uh, you have to have a palpable experience of, and that is you have to really get into the meditative state. Uh, I'm sure you've heard from what seems to be reliable sources that uh, the meditative state, once you're in it, you don't know. Only when you, once you're out of it do you know that, oh, that was the meditative state. Uh, I don't know exactly what is meant by that, but it doesn't seem to corroborate what I have been taught and what I have directly read from the same sutras that these people may have read. When the Buddha himself, when the Buddha is ever, when the, when the Buddha is talking about the meditative state, he never says, "You only know about it once you come out of it." He always mentioned that once you're in the meditative state, you are aware that this is present. You are aware that this is absent. You are aware that this is level, whatever this is level two or this is level one, and you're aware what you're able to do, and you come out of it. So never does, I've I've not read read one sutra, I mean, not that I've read every single sutra that exists, but so far I've not read a sutra that says the contrary of that, when the Buddha himself is talking about the meditative state. Now perhaps what they're mentioning is there is a particular function of the mind that is sort of subdued. And it has to do something with, uh, it is connected with discrimination. Discrimination in the sense of being able to label things or be, you know, giving things names. That part of the mind goes through a gradual uh, state of where if you know what's there, but you don't necessarily uh, have the function of the mind that labels it. And when people first experience this state of mind, they think that they're, about, they're dying because they can't remember stuff. Uh, because you may make the attempt to try to label something that you know is familiar to you, that you know, like for example, your name, you've been hearing it for all your life, and all of a sudden when you're in that state, you, you, you want to go to, oh, what is that label? And something is happening in your mind, no, what is that label that I refer to, to, to me? What, what, am I, what is my name? and the answer cannot come up. You can't come up with your name. And when this is happening, you're freaking out. Oh my God, I can't remember my name. I must be dying. The meditation is killing me. Okay? 
So this is just a natural thing that's happening. It's just that function uh, of the mind to label stuff is a gross function of the mind. It doesn't mean that when you're in that state, you're incapable of discerning things. You're incapable of knowing what's there and what's not there. Okay? And how else are we supposed to know that this is meditation level one, meditation level two, and there's supposed to be like nine of them for the open, uh, uh, general open kind of uh, uh, teachings, and there's supposed to be many much more than that beyond that. So how are we supposed to know you're at level 1,153 if you lose your consciousness and not able to know level one? So all that becomes just arbitrary, you could call whatever you want, whatever you want. Okay? No. There's always discernment. Actually, uh, one of the qualities, one of the, one of the reasons that you know that discernment is supposed to be there, because uh, you're supposed to be developing your mindfulness as to what is present right now at this level of, of, of meditation, or I am approach, as I'm approaching meditation. You're supposed to be developing your mindfulness to a very sharp, perfected state. What is mindfulness? Knowing what's present. If all of a sudden you, you develop your mindfulness to a very sharp level, and then it brings you to a meditative state, and then it goes away, so okay, now you're on your own, you know, do whatever you want. And you have no idea whether or not you're in meditation or not, or if you're, you know, just, what, just knocked out and you're, you know, unconscious. Okay? There's, being unconscious is not being in a meditative state. Okay? So if you enter into a state and you come out of it, you have no idea where you were, don't say, oh, I must have been in, med in deep meditation. There's already a name for it. It's called... Daydreaming. Daydreaming. Daydream. Not even that. <laughs> Daydreaming, there's some awareness going on. You know, you're in... You know, on, on some beach somewhere in Central Pez and like that. But this one, you have no idea what was going on. You were unconscious. That's the name of it, okay? It's called unconscious. And being unconscious is actually something that is, you should be afraid of as a meditator. You don't want to uh, uh, strive to achieve unconsciousness. Okay? There's nothing good about it. And the reason that the meditators are afraid of unconsciousness is that you have no idea what's really going on in there. You, you, uh, you could be stirring uh, uh, a lot of negative potentials to come up right after you, uh, this unconsciousness. Okay? That's why, uh, that, that is what is being alluded to when in the sutras you read, you read, don't sleep. It doesn't mean, you know, <laughs> drink coffee every night and so, so you don't sleep. I mean, don't, don't allow mindfulness to not be present. Always be, always, even when you're not sitting down, always have mindfulness present. Always know what's going on. Always know what's, what's going on in your mind, what's going on in your environment. So that, because the state is called enlightenment, not in darkenment. Okay? <laughs> Enlightenment. Okay? So from the, from the very beginning to the end, there's your awareness is expanding, expanding, able to take on more, more, and more without being too 
being uh, the best way to describe it, without being too emotionally caught up in what's appearing, what's presenting uh, uh, itself to your consciousness, to your awareness. As a matter of fact, that's, that's the uh, obstacle, that's the main obstacle that prevents us from actually being able to uh, rest in, uh, in meditative state. It's being emotionally caught up. And of course, you don't set yourself up and say, well, I'm going to get emotionally caught up. Okay, bring it to me. Okay, let me, let, me, let me get emotionally caught up in this thought or in this memory. It just, it's automatic. So you have to get into the, uh, the underlying cause of this habit and then cut it so that you do not overly react towards something. Because it will, if something good is happening and you get overly uh, caught up in it, then you get stuck there. And you keep getting overly caught up in it, it becomes to degrade, 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 and you, until you lose it. Okay? So, even if you're exp uh, experiencing the most blissful experience, don't get too emotionally caught up in it. You have to learn, and, and, and it, it's, it's going to sound almost uh, what was that, counterproductive. I'm not sure if that's the right word yet, but let, let me explain it to you. It sounds like when you're told not to get emotionally caught up, that, that it's still itself, if bliss is coming, stop your mind from experiencing bliss. That's not what it means. It means even when bliss is uh, uh, coming up, don't get too overly excited about it. Just let the bliss come up and just experience it. And, if, and of course, if you're, you're, if you're experiencing uh, memories of, or even if you're not necessarily, it's not necessarily a memory, but there's some sort of uh, uncomfortable experience going on, don't get overly caught up in it. And that's why, uh, and, I, and I'm going to keep repeating this over and over again, because you may not experience it from the beginning, but once, actually once you start to get more and more proficient, closer and closer to uh, ex achieving meditative state, as you're starting to make progress, you're going to see the need, you're going to see the reason why you need to, oh, that's why I was told to take a refuge. Okay? Just psychologically speaking, the state of mind where you're confident, ah, I am protected, that itself will help you to deal with these experiences. So a part of you will not try to avoid certain experiences, and a part of you will not get too excited in grabbing onto experiences. Okay? Just resting in a sense of, ah, I am protected. Okay? And it's not just, you know, somebody I met on the street and I pay them five bucks and say, protect me, I'm about to meditate. <laughs> no, it's you know, someone that you have you know, complete confidence will protect you. Okay? So, so that, that being there, and just understand also that the state that you're seeking to achieve, you are not going to create it. Meditation is not really a means of creating meditative state. It's a means of getting rid of all the junk that we've put into our mind, into our consciousness, so that the natural state of the mind, the natural purity of the mind will dawn. And then we will uh, experience a direct conscious experience of it. And when you're in that state, when you're uh, directly consciously experiencing the purity of your mind, 
then you are in direct connection with the power that's in that purity. And then you are able to bring about the transformation that you want to bring about. And not making a wish, I wish this happens, and then you wake up and then you, and after 10, 10 years, oh, I don't know, did I make that wish strong enough? I'm not sure. No, in that meditative state, you see yourself bringing about the transformation. It may not be that suddenly when you wake up, when you come out of the meditation, you are completely transformed into that being that you want to transform to, but you actually see the progress that you did. Oh, I made 0.5 you know, inches uh, uh, closer to, 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 the, to my goal. I am uh, this much closer, or I am this much uh, further away from it. You know directly. And this gives you the, uh, the confidence that you need to proceed. And this will allow you to have a natural sense of enthusiasm, which is the energy that you need to sustain you on the path. Okay. And uh, I'm going to say something that's going to sound uh, a bit controversial, even, not even controversial, even worse than controversial. <laughs> Every once in a while I throw these things out. Okay. Uh, okay. you, you are very comfortable with as far as the wisdom side of, of uh, enlightenment is concerned. That is, uh, the true nature of reality is not something that you're going to create. Okay. It's not, it's not like you do this much karma, this much karma, this much karma, and then that karma itself ripens into the true nature of reality. You do this much karma, this much karma, so you can get rid of the junk, so that the true nature of reality will be, become as evident to you as it should be. Okay? Now, you, ac you, agree with, you accept that. You have no controversy with that. Okay. Now, the, some of the things which are called positive, in terms of, I mean, the wisdom is like, you know, it's just there, you know, you don't have to do anything. Uh, the, the, by positive, I mean uh, things which are more active, like the compassion side. Okay. <laughs> the natural, immeasurable compassion that you're aspiring to, that is found within an enlightened being, that also is not something that you're going to create. Yeah. It is also part of the natural, the, the, the natural, the, na the, the natural, uh, natural nature. That doesn't sound like repetitive. repetitive. The, what was that? Arising. Arising? No, I'm talking about, hmm. Removing um, no, like natural condition. Natural condition. Oh, that's good. Who said that? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that is also the natural condition of the mind. So, why are you doing good karma and avoiding bad karma if they don't become immeasurable great compassion? If they don't become wisdom? You have an answer? 
<laughs> is it because you're you're acting in accordance with reality? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Increasingly, and then, yeah, and then and then you can accept ultimate reality when you've been acting in accordance with ultimate reality. Yeah, there's no need for you to because those states. The 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 thing is, they are not results. I mean, I'm talking about, uh, you know, nature here, the way something is, all, uh, all, always, okay? If those states are results, then you can lose enlightenment, because they have to die out, or like all results. So it is removing something. Yeah, it's basically removing junk. That's why... Uh, this this term, which all the, the different schools sort of like fight with each other as to exactly what it means, that you know, this, this term called Buddha nature. So every, all the different schools are, uh, have the understanding that Buddha nature is not something you create; it's something that's already there. But people have different understanding of what it means. Now, I said that it's the natural condition of the mind. This immeasurable compassion. It's the natural condition of the mind. This, uh, this, this. Uh, I just read this uh, recently, and it's it's very beautiful. A way of uh, saying emptiness. This openness. This open nature of things. That things are. You know, instead of saying things are empty, think uh, think of. You substitute that with things are naturally open. Okay, so they're open. So if you want, uh, if you want to. If it, it, it's open so that it can be a wonderful experience, it's also open so that it can be the most horrible experience. It's open. It's not close to either one. Okay? So that's the nature of things, that they are open. Okay? Uh, now, th this being the natural condition of things doesn't mean that Buddhahood is the natural condition of things. The natural condition of things is <laughs> Buddha nature, but not Buddhahood. Now, Buddhahood is the state where you are dwelling in your nature, consciously dwelling in your nature. When you're not consciously dwelling in your, in your natural condition, then you're not enlightened. You see the difference between that I'm making here? Uh, I mean, people may argue uh, semantics, you know, that we are already Buddhas, but they cannot get to the fact, they, they cannot uh, uh, get away from the fact that right now you're not a Buddha. <laughs> okay, you're already a Buddha. It doesn't mean that you're already omniscient and somehow you forgot it. But it doesn't, wouldn't make sense. Uh, no, an, an omniscient being with amnesia doesn't quite know. Or an omniscient being who just doesn't know one thing. <laughs> he knows everything else except for one thing. What is that one thing? That they are, that they are enlightened. <laughs> oh, I forgot. I'm omniscient. I mean, <laughs> okay. So, so the work that we are doing with meditating, with uh, uh, so you can consider 
like you mentioned, doing what we are referring to as doing good deed is simply acting in accordance with your nature. When you're doing what is called bad deed or bad karma, you're actually sort of acting wacky. You're, you're acting against your nature. So when you feel yourself somewhat, it's difficult to have a compassion for this particular person or for this particular situation. Don't think that the compassion that you're trying to, uh, uh, that you would like to express at that moment or the love that you would like to express at that moment, something that you have to go and create somewhere. You have to go to a laboratory somewhere and then get some ingredients together and finally you're able to have compassion for that person. No, it's you are out of character. The compassion that you are aspiring to, to express is already part of your nature. Just let yourself be, that is, doesn't mean that go to sleep and then you'll be lying tomorrow. That's what I mean. Okay? It means all the junk that we keep creating, all the identification that we keep having, well, I'm an evil person, I'm not a, not a patient person, I'm not this, I'm not that, 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 all that is not at, that's, doing, that's the doing. Okay? So let go. Let go. Have the intention of letting go. So that's the meditation you're going to do. You're going to let go. And see how close you can get to those states that we are aspiring to, that see how they are already present. At least have some glimpse, an idea that they're already present. You're not going to create the clarity that you're seeking in meditation, meditative state. One, not being able to be distracted is nothing that you're going to create. Uh, bliss Oof, that's the most, one of the most wonderful news. <laughs> bliss is already a, a natural condition of the mind. So you don't have to worry about, you know, oh, do I have enough, uh, do I, have I collected enough so I can get this bliss uh, uh, result? No. It's already the natural nature of your mind. The only reason that you're not experiencing it, listen to this, is because of your open nature. You decided, not consciously, Definitely unskillfully, and don't ask me when, <laughs> to not experience the natural nature, the natural bliss of your mind. It's, it was a, a choice, not in the choice, like in a conscious way, okay, all right, it's Tuesday, I don't think I want to feel bliss today. Let me experience some, some I don't know, what, I don't know, what would be a night bliss? I don't know, I call it suffering. <laughs> okay. It's not that, it's not that, that's not what it means that you made that choice. We acted out of some sort of conviction, and that conviction was not in line with our, with the, what do you say, natural condition? With the natural condition. And because it's not in line with our natural condition, which is bliss, great compassion, da, 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 all those beautiful things, then we experience not those things. So, the meditation. Just hold on to the concept, let go. If you're feeling, and letting go doesn't mean uh, uh, try to go to sleep, okay? Try not to overly, try not to overreact. If there seems to be something that you can label, oh, my mind is in chaos. Uh, just, just say, oh, this is what they call chaos. And then try to take a distance from it. 
Oh, look at that. That's chaos over there happening. It's happening in what I call my mind. Okay. And then don't have any uh, aversion for it. Don't have any, oh, I wonder what, ni- what a nice chaos it is. Don't have any aversion for it. Don't have any uh, sense of attachment for it. Just look at it. And while you're taking the distance from it, try to see what uh, uh, you're keeping an eye uh, on, the, on the level of clarity, uh, stability, uh, let's call it ecstatic, ec- uh, ecstasy, different levels of ecstasy. Am I saying it correctly? Ecstasy? Yes. Okay. It sounds like another word that sounds like uh, some sort of recreational drug or something. Is that, that, <laughs> that same name? Yeah. Same name. Oh, okay, good. All right. <laughs> Not good at it, but never mind. It's a shortcut. Okay. So, so, sort of like as you are withdrawing, identifying with this chaos, just say it's just, just like something, just something to label, like breath, in breath, out breath. Have the same kind of emotional reaction towards labeling the breath. Okay. Try to have and try to stay there. And as you're staying there and you're noticing that you are disassociating, disidentifying with it, and then you can see your mind sort of, uh, 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 you're allowing what is called the natural purity of the mind sort of dawn to the mind. Okay? And when you start to see uh, hints of the natural purity of the mind dawning, have the same kind of reaction towards it also. So, sort of like, uh, I'm going to say it in a somewhat cryptic way, way and then, and then ex- try to explain it. Anchor your consciousness in it without being too overly excited about it. Okay? Anchoring your consciousness on it just means simply keep remembering it. <laughs> keep seeing it. Keep perceiving it. Make the effort of seeing it. Okay, it's like you're watching something and there's, uh, there's a lot of things going on, but there's one particular thing that you want to keep your attention on. You just keep referring back to it. And the one way of keep referring back to it is to use the power of the mind that labels, labels it, so, so that the labeling will sort of connect you to it. Keep labeling it. If labeling is too heavy, feel too gross, you don't have to label it. But you can have somewhat of a non-verbal conceptualization going on towards it. This is only as a, as a means to keep your mind anchored in, on those subtle aspects that are dawning. And that will allow you the ability to disassociate, dis, I, disidentify, that sounds good? Disidentify with those things that are sort of chaotic. Okay? All right? Yeah. Okay, that's, that's your meditation. All right. Uh, so we're going to go back to the presence of your infallible guide in front of you, bring it to your head, bring it to your heart center, and then just watch. But it's, it's going to be an active watching. You're not, you're, uh, it's not waiting for, for sleep to come uh, over. Okay? It's going to be active watching. Your mind's going to be vivid, and you're going to slowly experience levels of ecstasy, levels of joy, and just let your mind, so when a, a new, more profound level of, of joy comes, anchor your consciousness there, okay?
And whatever comes up, whether it's, you know, probably when you start meditating, they're going to start talking again, wherever they are talking, they were talking from, upstairs or downstairs. You know, that's, you know, they're really testing you. <laughs> and I found that method actually works to actually, in your, uh, go back to, oh, I took refuge, I'm being, I'm protected. This is actually a mantra to help me get into deep meditation. No matter what kind of sound you're hearing, whether it's, you know, sirens outside, somebody arguing outside, somebody whispering in your ear, you know, say, oh, that's mantra to help me get into deep, deep meditation. Okay. All right. Get ready to be introduced. <laughs> So try to find the sense of tranquility that you experienced <coughs> earlier. And as soon as you become aware of it, Observe five cycles of breath so you can help stabilize it. Try to feel the presence of your infallible guide again in front of you. Beg your infallible guide to come closer to you. And feel the presence now at the crown of your head. And all those qualities that you're aspiring to manifest, aspiring to be, they are in the fellow guide, is the embodiment of them. your heart center. So the active thought is letting go and knowing that those qualities of immeasurable 
true nature of reality, compassion, all these are natural, they're already the natural condition of the mind. And whatever is not that, that's what you're letting go. And staying mindful of any of the qualities, any level of the qualities of the natural purity of the mind. The one-pointedness, the levels of ecstasy, the clarity, vividness, and so forth.
Be mindful of the level of tranquility that you're experiencing. And discern that you did not have to do something to create it. It was naturally there. You didn't have to harm anyone. You didn't have to consider harming anyone. And this thought is especially think of those who are convinced that's how they should achieve their le- the level of contentment that they are striving after. That they have to harm someone, they have to consider harming someone. But let your heart embrace them with compassion. in a delusion, wish to free them from this delusion. And the tranquility that you are experiencing, that strength of this compassion gives you the willingness to give it to them. that they too may come to know the level of contentment they seek will not come from harming anyone. It cannot come from having to harm someone. merit you gain through this and make a dedication. breath again, and through the awareness of the breath, again become aware of the body, starting with the top crown of your head, and become aware of more and more of your body until you're aware of the whole body, from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet.
we say that the perception of happiness can be reached the same way we described it's a nature that we can get by removing negative affliction. Yeah, you could say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, just to think of those two things that you already are quite familiar with, and that was sort of uh, support what I just said about those, they're not results, they're not things that you put together and then they, they become mm. that. Nyundrip uh, and Shedrip. Nyundrip is obscuration, obstacle, and it prevents you from experiencing liberation. It's an obstacle, something that's there that shouldn't be there. And Shedrip, another obscuration, <coughs> obstacle that prevents you from experience being in omniscient. Okay. Then they say the two good, the two things that you have to put together, the two things you have to get rid of. 